We have returned from Seattle, and we have had so much coffee since then. And now, Bethany is dying, it would seem? I'm dying. How are you? Why are you dying? The weather's horrible here. (laughs) It's funny, because we just happen to be in Seattle during, like, the one sunny week of the year. No, they they said it's like that most of the summer. It's, but it's, let's see. What would, let's, let's just, let's just do some comparisons. What does this have to do with The Godfather? It doesn't have anything to do with The Godfather, but I just feel like weather-related banter can be cute sometimes. What's the weather in Seattle right now? Do you want me to guess? Yeah, I want you to guess. Oh, okay, so it's 9 a.m. So, I'm going to guess 66. Let's find out. Survey says it's 60 degrees Ah! in Seattle right now. I miss it so much. And, and, And what is the temperature here right now? Hot af. Well, it says on the TV, 88. 88 degrees. So that's a 28 degree difference. We would walk out every morning. Do you want to know what our overnight low is? Yeah, but we'd walk out every morning and go, wow, it's so nice outside (laughs) every single morning. And then we would be talking to people and they're like, sorry, it's so warm right now. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, this is a podcast. Alright, so so coming back from Seattle, we got some gabagool, we got some prosciutto, some gabagool. No, we didn't. You stupid jerk. We got, we got some meatballs, This would have been better tomato, if we had gone to New York. Fry some garlic, a little bit of, little tiny. I, I did have some really good guanciale while we were there. You're mixing like two things together. What? You're, you're mixing. I'm mixing the poly the sandwich bit. Plus the. And then the, uh, clemenza, clemenza. the clemenza sauce bit. Clemenza is that Italian grandma that picks up five of those like quart size tomato. No, he's a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Big men energy in this movie. Very disappointing. They were very shit to women. Yeah. Very shit. But I mean, they basically were like, "Oh, they're here to make children, but also for us to treat like children." Mmm. Shit. Shit, you right. This is home viewing. It's a podcast <laughs> where we watch all of our movies in alphabetical order from A to Z. All of them. All of them. Well, I think we're ble- we're bending the rules a little bit on this one. Are I we? think because this is the Godfather. What we the DVD that we have is the Godfather trilogy. New new rule. Trilogies outlawed. We can do whatever we want. Trilogies we can do in whatever order we want. Though we're gonna watch I all the Star Harry Wars. I think Harry Potter burned us real hard. Harry Potter burned us real hard. Eventually, well, if we'll... you go in Star Wars, you realize you're referencing three sets of like... three trilogies. Yeah. Plus the Star Wars stories, two of which we what own: are... Rogue oh. One and Solo. But those will be I in their own order. I forget order. about Rogue One all the time. Rogue One, which may have been the best Star Wars what? movie to come out in the last few no, years. No, I other like than Solo my... better. Other than Last Jedi, is what I was going to say. Oh. Last Jedi was excellent. Okay, we're not here for Star We're not here for Star Wars. We're here for someone who came up in the same time as George Lucas came up in, though. What? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, I was like, George Lucas did not, he was not an Italian gangster. Like, this is not. <laughs> the Godfather actually came out only a few years before the original Star Wars. Wild. Yeah, no, it came out in 72, so five years before. But Coppola and George Lucas are, like, buddies, basically. Oh, really? 
Yeah, well, I mean, uh, as far as, like, generational Hollywood goes. He drinks wine at their grape farm, whatever you have. Grape farm? Grape farm. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Well, not oranges. It's funny, though, because Sofia Coppola uh, is in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace Mm -hmm. as one of Padme's handmaidens. Mm. She's also in this as baby Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this... How do you talk about The Godfather, a movie that so much has been said about? Well, I all I can say is that this made me really miss the great movie ride because oh. they had that one gangster section. Oh man! Well, they would like quote take over your car. Oh yes, that? I do remember. It that. It was such a good ride, and I'm still really upset about it. I understand things ch- like need change, but that was not the right thing to change. I agree. This. This is cool, though, because, well, you think about, because gangster was an entire genre of movie in, mm-hmm. like, the this 30s. This makes me want to like, watch Scarface. It, well, I don't want to watch Scarface. I've, I've watched some I've Scarface. I appreciate it. Well, not, or at least the newer Scarface, the Pacino Scarface. I just love, you love this man's voice. You love Pacino's voice? No, not Pacino. Um, oh, Marlon Brando's yeah, voice? Mar- Marlon Brando. <laughs> like he's going to kill over it any second. You don't even think to call me Godfather. You don't want my friendship, you don't want my respect, but you want me to do murder for money? Not murder, justice. Your daughter is still alive. That is not justice. I have to say, I really would like a good, thought-out, like, person chart. Because <laughs> all these people look the same to me. <laughs> it is a lot of... brown hair and their brown eyes. It is a lot of dark-haired Mediterranean And they're all men. wearing the same suits. It is, it's very confusing. This is the second time we've covered James Caan, and it is wild. Like, maybe they could have different color suits or something. It's so wild to see James Caan in Elf and this, because he does look pretty much the Who same. Who is James Caan? Buddy's dad. He's in this movie? Yeah, he played Santino. Oh, that's Santino? Yeah, that's Santino. Oh, uh, Santino. Sonny. He's also a looker. He and Michael were, like, him, him and Al Pacino. probably the best. Yeah. Diane, Otherwise, not Diane too Keaton into it. is in this movie, which is who? Diane Keaton. Is that um his his Mike, Michael's? K? Yeah, that's K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like K until the end. When she because K like kind of called him on his bullshit in the beginning, but then she's like, "I just want to marry you, so I'll just swallow all your secrets." But I think it's more than that. I think she was scared. Yeah. I mean, because Michael now does do murder for money. <laughs> You know, I feel like you can do murder for mo- money, but also keep your, like, like integrity, you know? Can we talk about the opening line of this movie? I believe in America. Like, oh, oh, this movie is a statement about what a, oh, the lengths that America forces its immigrant communities to go to. But then there's that, also that part where he's talking to Kay, and he's like... And she's... Oh, she's like a senator or, pre- or a president wouldn't do this. And he was like, "Would they?" <laughs> He's like, "Wouldn't they?" Now, who's being naive? K is yeah, what the line is. Like, oh, like it's it's like they almost want to be this like smart, good couple, and then they completely ruin it. Well, it's just it's it's a movie about power structures, isn't it? And about how when power structure like the opening is what it really serves. The Undertaker who wants revenge for his daughter and he who couldn't find it in the court system. He's like he says, For justice, we go to Don Corleone. And it like Yeah. 
That's yeah, what you have really to do cool. when you're an immigrant in America, when you're a second-class citizen. Well, it's not cool, but it's like... But I... Well, it does a good job. Yeah. You see, this is why I really liked this movie. I I didn't read it as that the first time I watched it. I was just like... Re- I, I think the first time I watched it, I was like a freshman, and I was reading it just as like, oh, this is film broke canon, and it's an exciting gangster movie. And I'm going to be honest. For, when you've gotten used to the action movies that we've been seeing for the last 20, 30 years... This movie moves pretty slow. Well, but I'm saying oh. this movie moves pretty slow when you're expecting it to be a crime a crime movie. You know? Well, well I just think about there's like there's a lot of crime. When I think about Soderbergh about uh, about crime movies, I think about like Soderbergh heists, like Ocean's Eleven, and you know that's so smooth and stylistic and flowing, and the pacing keeps going and going. That's different. And though. but it's it's a different time and a different style. Now this absolutely holds up, and I absolutely love it. It's a bit long, but I think it's a. I <laughs> it's think, about an hour too long. I don't think I, I. I don't know if it's an hour too long, because I just can't think of a sequence that I would cut from this movie. I can. You can. The the toddler with the grandpa when he dies or whatever. Like, I thought that was very effective. You thought so? I thought so. Oh, I don't know. also, I felt like filler. You're something oh, we haven't whole, talked about in a while. Which the whole is, Italy thing. The whole Italy. Away. No, that's essential. That's essential to the plot. I don't know. No, he has to leave his. Normal world to go to the special world and marry the wild bride. Also, the wild bride. She was basically a wide-eyed doe that he forced into marrying him. No, but the point. No, but I'm saying that this maps onto the hero's journey. Michael absolutely takes a hero's journey in here. Of course. Yeah, absolutely, and it's an anti-hero's journey in a way. He he goes from normalcy to yeah. guilt. But I think what makes he Michael so as a character. But I think that's what makes him so interesting. Yeah. Because he wanted to stay out, and his dad mm-hmm. wanted him to stay out. And he, but once he's threat, his dad has been threatened. His dad is, is on the way. He's, he is at his core an emotional character. Like that, yeah, that is really interesting uh, that his dad kind of pushes him out like that because, he, because he's like he fully loves him because he knows that he is less likely to get like murdered by these other people. It's it's just. It's that, like there's this recognition by his dad that he is the best of them, mm-hmm. which I think you really recognize at the beginning of the wedding scene when he hasn't arrived yet, and he says, "I'm not taking the picture without Michael," mm-hmm. and is asking for Michael the whole time. Which, if which before I think before you get through the rest of the movie, seems really rude. Yeah, seems kind of rude to everybody else, and then you see the relationship that he has with Michael. You feel really bad for Connie too, because oh, Connie marries Connie. this guy. Carlo. Connie tries to put up with Carlo and tries. Sonny tries to get rid of Carlo, but gets killed on the way. And because so then, Carlo set him up. But then they force Connie back into, like... I don't force him Struggling into... through Carlos until they kill him. Well, but then... And then they kill him and like, well, you're just crazy, Connie. Sorry. It's not like, that exactly. They're so mean to her. They they're all... so mean to her. And I think that's a prevalent kind of Italian-American attitude that you see throughout the movie. Because you see, uh, let's see... She's like, you're going to be a man, and slaps him around. Also, not once do they make coffee. That was weird. No, they talk about having coffee Yeah, but they times. didn't have, like, coffee and cake. And, like, so they those, had cannolis. They had the wedding cookies. Oh, yeah, the cannoli. <laughs> the bit about the cannoli Leave is really the good. Gun. Leave the gun. Take, Take the, the cannoli. cannoli. Incredible. Uh, Clemenza is the guy who carries out all the hits. I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. Like, when he throws the guys into the elevator and hits them with the shotgun. Also, like... It's really funny that back in that time, they're like, shoot him in the head, leave the gun, because no one can trace you back to it, because they don't have, like, 
DNA yet. Well, I mean, and that's kind of why they wrapped it in the duct tape because it would so it would like wouldn't uh-huh. hold his finger. All they would have is fingerprints. And even that's not he, super... He didn't necessarily go according to plan, though. Michael no. was absolutely <laughs> emotionally motivated. This is just such an interesting movie to look at narratively, but visually I think it's very interesting, too. And the, the thing that I keep coming back to is that opening sequence, the I Believe in America monologue from The Undertaker, when he's talking about what happened, and it slowly pulls out on that zoom from him. And it's interesting because it doesn't start with that. What it starts with is the trumpet playing the theme, the... But you're already depressed. You're like, oh, it's going to be a depressing movie. And it's like against black. That's what's so cool. It also, also, I just love the way that they make connections to like the actual real world five families and the real world mob. Johnny Fontaine, I think, is the most interesting (laughs) example of that. (laughs) Johnny Fontaine, aka Frank Sinatra. Was isn't like was Frank like caught up in the mobsters? Was Frank Sinatra? Involved with the Italian mafia? I don't know. <laughs> was he yes. really? He absolutely. I don't know anything about. Well, no that that him. entire thing with him getting the Hollywood role was essentially like, oh man, like Frank Sinatra, Johnny. Just look up Frank Sinatra, Johnny Fontaine comparisons. Well, I just thought it was funny because when they get to Vegas on the big like sign that says like Dean Martin's gonna play that. Dean night. Martin and Jerry Lewis. <laughs> like oh, shots fired, Johnny Fontaine. Apparently, apparently, Sinatra got so mad about the similarities in the character in the novel really? that he like he just straight up like yelled at uh, Mario Puzo what? in a hotel. <laughs> He's a little diva. Apparently, yeah. I'd like to meet my good friend Mario Puzo, said the millionaire friend, according to Puzo. To which Sinatra, not looking up from his plate, replied, "I don't think so. I don't want to meet him." <laughs> It had been rumored Sinatra had connections to organized crime, which allowed him to break, make certain career moves, including allegedly breaking a contract through th- threats of uh, through threat of violence. Incredible! <laughs> that makes me like him more, though. Oh yeah, it's just oh, it's funny. <laughs> Who told you to put that in the book? Your publisher, Sinatra what? asked Puzo. He wrote, and then Sinatra started to shout abuse. Sh- Shout abuse at Puzo, according to the author. You know what it reminds me of, though? All these people that are coming out now and saying that their contracts were like, <clears throat> they weren't this way when I signed them. And then, like, 12 years later, they're like, oh, they're taking my stuff back. And I'm like, yeah, because it was in your contract, probably. Not that it's right, but I'm <laughs> saying, like, <laughs> you have to look at what you're signing. Like, <laughs> I think it's worth the thousands of, do- like, a few thousand dollars for someone to, like, mull over your contract. It's, oh, man. Also, the repeated motifs like make him an off. He made him an offer he couldn't refuse, and like, <laughs> yeah, because you don't like you hear that at the beginning, and then you hear Michael tell the story about it, and then you Exa- hear him say that exactly exact words exactly. Uh, there's there's like a parlance that and, and a dialect that comes out in this. Ugh. It's a fun like show and tell movie. I feel absolutely like they definitely take you into their world, and, be- and it becomes like a little immersive. <sighs> Even if about, you can't tell everyone apart. Can we talk about oranges? Can we talk about oranges? Oranges show up whenever violence is about to happen. Whenever <laughs> something bad is about to happen, oranges show up. Oh, yeah, because the kid asked for the orange. Yeah, because he was showing the kid the trick with the orange and the teeth, and then he falls over and, and dies in the in the garden. Which, quick shout out to the DVD menu. 
Yikes. Oh my god. We haven't talked about DVD menus in a while, which I thought was going to be okay, a major wait, aspect wait. of this show. Yeah, yeah, finish that up, but I have another thought. The DVD menu is straight up Vito Corleone lying dead in his in his garden. Was this movie before ratings? What do you mean? Like, I, well, this would I, clearly be, like, R now. But did this come out before we... Because, like, Star Wars wasn't rated, right? Star Wars was rated. No, there were oh, ratings. But I think what happened is that Steven Spielberg actually lobbied for there to be a PG-13 rating So before this. So I think... Because, um, like, I could see this movie being really popular with, like, the teens. But, like, the teens wouldn't be able to watch this. Yeah, The Godfather is rated R for mafia-related violence, language, and a scene containing very brief nudity. (laughs) Very brief. It is very brief. Very brief. Huh. It's... I don't... I I, I think at this point it probably would still be rated R. Yeah. They didn't do a good job with the second wife, or the first wife. Apollonia? Yeah. They were like, oh, she's pretty. Oh, we got married. Let's blow her up. I wish we had seen more of Michael and Cicely. Michael doesn't seem very remorseful about it either. He's like, oh, Oh, no, he's very. Well, it's because of the time jumps that we don't really get to see. We don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's just sort of attributed to him losing her, and which is a bad trope, but him losing her kind of pushes him more towards the dark side in a way. Yeah. It's like, it's it's, it's a motivation for man. Well,. Yeah, because it's supposed to have been that he was back a year when he sees Kay again. Mm-hmm. And then you have another time jump because he and Kay have a kid who's at least like two or like three, three years yeah. old. Yeah. By the time that he's bap- by the time that he's becoming the godfather to Connie and Carlo's child. I love it because he becomes the godfather. Like literally. Yeah. And and as that he's and he's making the moves in the background that are allowing him to actually seize power. Uh the assassination sequence the assassination montage is so fucking good. Like I just, like, like, do you renounce Satan? And I do. And he, and oh you just see the guys getting shot. And, so oh. I love this movie. But just like the concept, like, okay, you hear the Godfather and you're like, oh, maybe that's like another term. But no, it literally means like he's the Godfather. It's like, a sa- it's, it's a sacred bond like, among the Italian you're the people. Don or the. <laughs> and well, I mean, it's like Tom Hagen says to uh, Waltz at the beginning. He's like, yeah, he's a saint. The Godfather is a sacred religious bond among the Italian people that they take very seriously. And like, it's interesting because you kind of see, t- because Tom is this outsider, he gives you this in so oh, that we can see things through Tom. his perspective. They were kind of shitty to him, even though they raised him. He's like, not a wartime consigliere. <laughs> like, that's just the truth. He's only a peacetime. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the term consigliere, too. Yeah. So does that mean that What's-His-Face was a lawyer, too, then? Who? The Godfather guy. Uh, no, no, he no. wasn't a lawyer. I think Tom Didn't was still Tom was still the lawyer for him. Yeah. Well, he acts as consigliere until until he. Well, uh, they were like, Tom, you can't go to Vegas. Someone no, he he is the them. Vegas. He 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 does go to Vegas. He becomes their lawyer in oh. Vegas for them. So he still handles all the legal matters for him. Tom is also just so cool and bro- but he's like still. I'd love to think more about him because his character. Is he's an outsider even if he's an insider? Like he said to Santino, mm-hmm. it's like he's just as much your dad and mom, and your dad and your mom as they are to you. You know, mm-hmm. he's like uh, Tom, but Tom because he's not Italian and because he's not a blood related Corleone doesn't get that necessarily necessarily full experience. But he still has that emotional bond to them. Like when Santino dies, mm-hmm. oh, it destroys Honestly, that's him. Probably the best spot because then you're not like. You can run away, kind of. But I don't Not think he forever. wants to run away because they saved him from the streets. You know, yeah. like 
Tom's bond with Vito is so interesting to me because I I would argue that based on their interactions, v, uh, Tom is the closest he has to a second favorite son. Yeah. Like the the Corleone. He's always been there. Well, the Corleone son power rankings for Vito, I would say number one, Michael. <laughs> two, Tom. Three, Sunny. Santino. Twenty-five, the other? Fredo. Oh, oh Fredo. <laughs> Poor Fredo, but... man. You can tell he's the least favorite because he does all that stupid shit to try to get liked by his other brothers. Exactly. Fredo's Fredo's just a big old dummy and he's a sweetheart though is the thing. Oh god, like when his dad is shot and he fumbles the gun and is just crying over his body like Mm. heartbreaking. Man, I wish we could watch The Godfather 2. Like, I wish we had time for that. No, we can. We can. We could. (laughs) We could. Uh, but but you have the good Fredo stuff in there, like when Fredo... Spoilers for Godfather 2, a movie that has been out for decades. He gets the Judas kiss. <laughs> uh-huh. Which also K- called the Fredo kiss. The Fredo kiss, exactly. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Ugh. I, I love this movie. The Fredo had the coolest sunglasses in Vegas. He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time! <laughs> Hard to believe. For Fredo? <laughs> For Fredo? I, I still regret not getting that Fredo Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I had that. Well, there's no point if the dogs are just going to eat your Funko Pops. Uh, rest in peace to your Hannibal Wendigo. <laughs> Man, the cat. We didn't even mention the cat in the opening scene. What cat? There's a cat? The kitten! The kitten that oh, Don Corleone is petting, petting at his desk. There's a cute little gray tabby. Is this movie so detailed? And not in like a dumb way. Like Yeah, no. It's absolutely lovingly crafted. Like, oh, all the fruit stand stuff. The, the, cor- the fight choreography in this movie, I like a lot. It's hard to call it choreography because it feels so naturalistic. But like... When Sonny is beating Carlo with the uh, baseball bat and then the trash can. <laughs> but you can absolutely tell it's play fighting because there are some moments where the f- you see the hand definitely not make contact with the face, but he's still going backwards. See, it's very cute. It's, it is naturalistic and it, it feels like just rage on just like him rage filled and like beating the crap out of his sister's husband and like, man... The trash can lid. Sonny's death is heartbreaking. That was the best part. He, like, dumps the trash can over him and then proceeds to beat him with the rest of the trash can. Ugh. Sonny's death. That is... Yeah, that one was rough. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not even, like, a dignified one. He just got ganged up on at the wrong... At the... the, Yeah, at the toll booth. It is an effective scene, though, especially when his body's jerking back and forth. Ugh. I, mm, this movie is so fun to look at from a narrative structure point of view because you have two. Essentially, it's the story of Sonny and the story of Michael at the same time, mm-hmm. but, and Vito is like the the uniting figure. And you see Sonny taking the wrong path and Michael trying to take the right path, but the right path becomes, depending on your definition, the wrong path. Mm-hmm. You see, they're both very much emotionally driven people, but I think the thing. I think the thing is that Sonny's emotion is just unbridled rage. Sonny makes all of his decisions in, like, anger. Mm-hmm. And whereas Sonny has a very hot, burning kind of rage, Michael's rage is very cold and precise. 
he's willing to strategize and make the decisions that but he has to. But it kind of mirrors the fact that he went and was in the military. Absolutely, it does. Like, he, he's been participating in this uh, removed murdering for a long time. Because you think he's some good guy, that, but like... Well, that is kind of the line. He was like, what, you were shooting people a mile away? Mm-hmm. This is up close, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Oh, Clemenza talking to him was like, we all thought you was a hero, Mike. In the war, oh. your dad was real proud of you. Like, oh. oh, it's just, it's just. Michael is the hero for the community, just as, just as Vito is as well. And mm-hmm. they fill their roles as hero differently. But Michael realizes that if he wants to protect his family, then he has to sink into that underworld. Yeah. Ugh. It's kind of like a a play on like what happened with a lot of people that came back from the war. They didn't have anything else to come back to, mm-hmm. so they had to slip into whatever they were doing before, even if it wasn't what they thought they wanted to do. I'm just thinking about the villains of this movie are good too. But who is the villain? That's the best part. Well, Salazzo like... is the villain for the first half, and Captain McCluskey. They're oh my god, I need a diagram. Sal- Salazzo. Who is the ter- he's the guy who wanted to get into the drugs business. Oh, so yeah, he's the yeah, one yeah. who he's the one who. Uh, then it was like the Taglatelli people killed. <laughs> oh my! Everyone else is always. You you keep doing this to me. <laughs> I keep forgetting their name because you keep calling them the pasta. <laughs> Speaking of pasta, why don't we go to the concession stand? They don't have that at the concession stand. Popcorn only. Hi, I'm John. I'm Gabe. And I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. Hey, Gabe. Did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network. Alright, back from the concession stand. How come I never get to say we're back from the concession stand? Why don't you say it right now? And we're back from the concession stand. There we go. Well, you see, I, there is no necessarily clearly cut villain in this movie other than the enemies of the family. Oh, don't ever take sides against the family again, Fredo. The thing is, he did eventually take sides against the family. And that's what happened. He, he warned him. He did warn He did warn him. Um, Barzini, as the overarching mastermind is so interesting too because we're first introduced to Barzini when he arrives at the wedding and then he has his guy destroy the camera that took a picture of him so that there's no evidence that he was at the wedding oh also I love Sonny yelling at the FBI guys who are taking pictures and uh throwing the camera on the ground and then throwing money on the ground not even (laughs) handing it to him ugh FBI don't got no respect (laughs) it's it's a good film. It's a very good film. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Mm. Oh, we didn't talk about one of the best parts. Enzo? No. The baker? Oh, Enzo the baker is also good. I'm the baker! Enzo! He's the real hero of this he story. He is the biggest hero in this story. He volunteers to... He's bringing flowers to Vito at the hospital when Michael is there trying to save him from getting shot and volunteers to pose out front as if he has a gun. They're so brave and so good and just trying to protect Vito. What was it? What was the best part for you? You know the best part. You can't guess it. I can't guess. The horse head. Oh! Ah! 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 <laughs> the whole scene is so good because he just... You, you just see his bed, and you're like, oh, he's sleeping. 
And then you're like, oh, what nice gold pillowcases. And he starts to slowly, like, reveal the all the blood, blood. on him. Ugh. And then the horse head. Waltz is, Waltz is an interesting character, too, because he's just a asshole. Mm-hmm. He's just straight up an asshole. Like when like when Tom Caesar's like, I don't care about no Dago funny business. And he's like, I'm not Italian, sir. I'm German-Irish. He's like, well, then you can get out of here, my kraut friend. <laughs> it's just a slur for every occasion. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a good example of like, Mm. Gross, gross Hollywood bias too, and like, c- let's see, what was it? It's like he ruined my protege. Like <laughs> that's why he doesn't want to cast. He's like he'll never work in this business again because he got my protege pregnant. Essentially, it's just like so gross. Yeah, but I mean that's the way he views things. He views, I, I, I think, which is why the horse was such an efficiency. He's like, yeah, this is. A, I'm not going to race this six hundred thousand dollar beauty. I'm going to put him out to stud. He's like he sees that. He seems to see people the same way he sees that horse as things that he can make investments in and use use however he wants and get money from. Much like how they see women in this movie. <laughs> 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 They're just so bad. It's so bad. Mm. You know the other thing I like? Because it's like, do they care about their family? Not really. They do. They care about the... They but do they care use about their them. Family. They just use them as tools. Like, they don't... Only the men have, like, good status and are worth, like... See, that's kind of why... We've never actually seen The Godfather 3. I do want to watch it. I know it's supposed to be bad. But I do eventually want to see it because apparently Connie is, like, a doña. Really? Yeah, Connie, like, runs her own crime family. I was just going to pitch to you a movie where the women blackmail all the men and become... (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. I mean, because you do see... The Godfather 2 is essentially... It's Vito's rise in the background. Because you've got young Vito as Robert De Niro coming to New York and trying to survive. But then you also have Michael descending further and further into darkness in Godfather 2. Which... We should watch that one soon. Either way. Like, maybe we'll just sprinkle the other Godfathers into the late G. So many oranges. So many oranges. Well, I feel like that about puts a nice little bow on it. Um, I, th- I think girl with the purple bow or a purple ribbon <laughs> looks more Greek than Italian. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't. She's she's not in this village. Oh, uh, that's a f- one more. I love that sequence where they're just repeating the same. Th- the uh, the bodyguards are just repeating parts of each other's sentences, talking to the to the uh, tavern owner. <laughs> that was the guy in. Uh, Italy. Yeah, in Italy. It's so funny. I thought this was a good movie. Are you ready to rate? Sure. Cool. How many cannolis do you give this one? Oh, that's not fair. I really like cannolis. (laughs) Um, 3.2. I give it four cannolis. It's got some problems. I will eat all of the cannolis. I will eat them all. All right. We're a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. Other shows include No Dice, which you have plenty of time to catch up on right now. Um, time cool. Zones Are Hard, which has been streaming, so check those out. Ghoul Tank. Mm-hmm. Ghoul Tank. Lots of, lots of great shows. Make sure you check them out. Worth checking out. PocketPodcastNetwork.com is where you go for that. And you can add us on Twitter if you feel like chatting. Yeah, at Home Viewing Pod. That's home viewing, P.O.D. 
I'm not going to make the joke that I always make there. Um, our theme music... Spy the Organ Machines. Yeah, it's Oil Waves off their first EP. You can find that on Bandcamp. Um, next episode, we're going to be doing Gone Girl. Ooh. So, that is, talking about women. This is a movie. Talking about the women. Woo! Rosamund Pike, though. Rosamund Pike, though. Until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. What? I don't have one yet. I need a sign-off. Don't press rewind on your tape player. What? <laughs> we have DVDs! <laughs> Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.